Friday. For those of you who are out Friday a little late, kudos to you. Jack and I are both tired as hell too, so don't worry about it. Uh, if you guys don't know, you're either going to be listening to this one on YouTube, watching it live. We're also on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Pretty soon we're going to be getting iTunes and the Google one as well. So just bear with us on that one. Tech moves slow and the boomer in me is slow going at it. And if you guys haven't seen it before, we got Jack Napier. Had him on a bunch of times. He's an awesome guy. He does the audiobook for Gendernomics. So hey, Jack, how you doing? And this is not an invitation for a 10-minute rant about the Manosphere. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I've been doing well. I've been doing well. Uh, recorded Go Forth by uh, Goldman as well. But Goldman, Goldman disappeared off the map from social media. I got banned again. So we're waiting for that to go live. I've uh, got an appointment with Chesty to talk about this beauty, Sexual Utopia and Power. It's a great book about, since the sexual revolution, how uh, law turned against men, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Had Red Evening, My Morning with Rob. Today, we went off for three hours. It's the longest show yet. And I haven't even built the new ship yet. That's a plan for the next show. You're building it live? Yeah, like it was Rob's idea. Like I almost have all the large ships from the '90s Lego collection, and there was one missing. And I was like, "Yeah, do I really want it? Well, maybe, maybe." And it kind of gnawed on me, like, "Well, it is the last one, and it is from the '90s, and that would make the collection complete." It was like, "Oh, fuck it, let's do it." And Rob was like, "Build it live, build it on the ship." Like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's such an, a unique hobby of all the ones to have. I like that. It gives it gives somebody character. Yeah. I kind of feel like I need a more unique one now. Maybe it's, I can't think of one that would be the equivalent of like a ships and bottles level of unique, especially not Lego ships and bottles. Like, what did you used to build? Like, Meccano? Did he have that in Canada? Dude, I was that guy who always used to take things apart. Canada. That's fine. Kanakistan. Whatever. <laughs> No, I remember my uh, my uh, Magnum Opus was before the Raspberry Pis were big. I took a micro ITX board and I put it inside a Super Nintendo, hooked up all the switches and the controller. So it was actually like a working Super Nintendo. It had MAME and Xbox Media Center on it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so literally you, you'd walk in, you could plug in a game. I mean, it wouldn't play. It could just play whatever games, but the game had a hard drive in it. You put the game in. Turn on the power of the of the Super Nintendo, and the system would turn on. You plug in a real controller, like not a modified one, and you could actually play whatever on it. I was really proud of that one. Oh, you should be like hacking yeah. the system back then. Yeah, but then of course, like six months later, Nintendo of America came out with their little micro NES and Super Nintendo to box for like forty bucks. I'm going, oh, that's great. <laughs> I guess my four hundred dollars worth of parts doesn't mean shit right now. <laughs> Am I a joke to you? Yeah. But I guess I guess we can get to the topic. Uh, before we do, if you haven't, by the way, Jack's got a channel. He'll throw it in the chat there, and I'll add it onto screen. Feel free to follow him. He's still a new channel, but he's up to, I believe it was, you were saying, just shy of 1,000 followers now, wasn't it? Yeah, just shy of 1,000. So if you want to get on the ground floor to his content, and it's really nice because... So I'm... <laughs> It's the thing, Jack, and I think it's going to tie in really well with our topic there. Do you ever hear about guys when they say they're red pill aware? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's the newest. It's the newest fad where somebody says they're red pill aware, which essentially means they've watched a couple episodes of of the show and now they know what they're doing. And it's the part I love about your show is it actually shows them when people are talking about being red pilled, like what material. It's almost like a syllabus. You get right into the books there, and it's just nerdy enough that you're also doing it while you're deadlifting. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I mean, practice what you preach, people. And the funny thing is, I lifted before I got red pill aware. So there's that. Oh, I should hope so. All right. So the topic for today, I think, what did I call it? I gave some real, like, pedantic title, like, lies, damn lies, and statistics, or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I have to look up the own title on this thing. Storytelling and game lies, damn lies, and self-delusion. That's the one. So it's <laughs> it's a bit of a weird title, but... The concept was easy enough. Um, for game, I'm big on storytelling now. Probably because I came from the old mystery mystery days. But uh, those rote memorizations, like those rote routines, like this is how you do an opener. You do this type of question. You ask this. Hey, I got to go back to my friends in a minute. It's all essentially storytelling. And then once you get good at it, you stop using the canned routines that you read about. And then you start developing your own. So you're essentially telling stories. Mm-hmm. And it's also been kind of my approach to how I would articulate the red pill to other people. And then I thought, like, I'm watching most guys, and you see a lot of guys who are arguably, well, not arguably, they're objectively unattractive. <laughs> and the one thing you notice that they can't do is string a sentence together to save their life. And so I thought it'd be a good start. And you've been pretty good at this, so I was curious about your thoughts. Well, thank you, by the way, for telling I'm good at that. I think I suck <laughs> at it. <laughs> mm. I'm not kidding because the reason why I say that I did a couple of day game approaches like last week and I got stuck at the Rouge would call it rambling part for some reason like I got the opener and then it was all of a sudden like where do I go from here again uh I'm like oh eject eject never mind but my night game approaches were way different because I had a reason to approach them same thing when uh when you're traveling and this is mm -hmm. why I love Daybang so much, because he uses that reason to need something as a game mechanic. Like, talk to her about where you need to go and why you need to go there. And then you can string up a conversation. But then you get to the hook point, as in where she asks you something. And this is where I made the mistake last week, because she did start to ask me questions. But I was so up in my own head that I didn't even notice her asking me questions. <laughs> so storytelling was on point. The story listening wasn't so much. <laughs> Bingo. Stepping on my own dick right there. Well, you know what? And that's that's the part of the lies part too, is that at least you were doing it. Most guys you talk to about this, especially ones that are here, because the ones that are here always need help anyway, they always give you a reason why they didn't. Come to us. We shall help you. Yeah. Well, dude, it reminds me of... And it's, it's the weirdest thing. When I used to go down to San Diego mm -hmm. with uh, the task group exercises every fall, every time we go out, we run into guys. And obviously, Canada doesn't give a crap. About, they don't even know we have a Navy, which is weird because of our coastline. But whatever. You go to the Americans. They go, what are you guys doing here? You're from Canada? Yeah, we're in the Navy. Oh, wow. Canada's got a military. That's cool. And then the first story they would always tell you is, yeah, I would have joined except for this hanged toenail or flat feet or diabetes like they'd always have some reason why they never joined and i always found it odd mm. that they would vol like with such consistency people would volunteer that information and i'm starting to see it like i guess 
Because you you've never done the old school thing where you had a layer or any of that crap, right? Not that I know of. <laughs> I don't know about a layer. I don't know if I have a layer. I sometimes go into a house and people are there talking pickup, but I wouldn't call it a layer per se. <laughs> I've got the manatee. Yeah, fair enough. No, don't get me wrong. I never had one either. I had one wingman, Mike, and he was on a different ship. So our when our sailing schedules would combine perfectly, we'd end up going out together. He was always way better at it than me, but he wasn't very good at stories. That was the other thing. I was better at stories. That's why he loved me. He was better at the close, and I was better at the open. So I was basically setting him up for him to knock him down. Mm. Not a bad so I guess, way to go. But yeah. he did leave something for you, right? Oh, yeah. He left tons. I even stole a plate from him once. Ooh. That was the that was the one where I, I keep telling guys to like dehumanize their plates a little bit. Like I called her the dog walker. I refused to use her name because it humanized her. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you were Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You wrote about that in uh, the newsletters, and I believe in your old blog as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I wrote about it a lot. Just because that was out of all the plates I had, she was top two in things that I managed to learn about about pickup and women in general. But I guess. Do you don't I don't think I've ever heard you don't really have a Batman origin story at all. Oh, and, you <laughs> I knew this day would come. Well, I don't know if I want to ask is the problem cuz I kind of like it right now where I think you just kind of popped out of the womb all red. I wait. I would hate to think of you be like, "Yeah, then the bitch stabbed me." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, damn it." <laughs> she stabbed me and the worst part is she broke my ship. She threw it on the floor and then she stepped on a bunch of Lego pieces and then she stabbed me. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> No, 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 no. Bitches do not touch the ships. No. <laughs> no, there is a hierarchy in here. Ships first, well. then you. I don't even <laughs> let them clean the ships. Fuck that. Oh, yeah, I guess you got to dust those things. Um, but well, You should. Yeah, and I guess you don't have to go into it if you don't want to. But I am kind of curious, since mm. we are talking about storytelling here. Okay. Oh, the Batman origin story. <laughs> Um, well, I told you about being red pill mainly came from finding, no, a friend of mine got dumped and he was like, go look up Corey Wayne, go look up Elliot Hulse. Mm -hmm. Fine with me. So I tried Corey Wayne's stuff with the girl who kept giving me attention while she had a boyfriend who was in a band. So you know what? I played video games at home and I scored with the chick who got a guy who was in a band. <laughs> Stop giving me your excuses. How did you say that again? Like the Muppet me? Oh, with Pro Jared. Yeah, yeah, for the guy that looks like Beaker from the Muppet Show dressed up as Sailor Moon sending dick pics. He managed to get some. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Okay. So uh, then Elliot started talking about Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power, and for some odd reason, that book had a had a nasty ring to it. So I Googled it, and boom. There it was, the 48 Days of Power Super Fred. And then uh, the the girl with the guitar player boyfriend didn't want to see me anymore, so I delved into the, could you increase your volume? Yeah, I think I can. Yeah, I, I like that. We're getting audio We're getting audio checks in the chat, which is awesome. Yeah. Hey, let me know if my mic's still overpowered. I turned the gain down a bunch here, so. Okay. How's this? I think this is better. Mm -hmm. I need to move closer. No, but um, I so you stole that. the groupie. <laughs> yeah, I stole the groupie, but then the groupie dumped me to be somebody else's groupie. Didn't <laughs> mix. But then I got on Tinder, and then I got what was that back then? I I think it was then. 
Or was it after? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. But uh, found the uh, Super Fred and hesitated to buy the book because I knew as soon as I would read that, that would change my perspective of everything. Hmm. Like the day I started reading that book, that led to all of this. If I hadn't read that book, I wouldn't be here at Jack Napier. So, yeah, I started reading it and everything became clear that nobody likes you for what you can do. Everybody likes you for what they believe you think about them. And people in corporate and in other jobs, you don't want to treat them as they are. You want to treat them as they see themselves. It's the biggest thing I got from it. Right. Uh, so I'm impressed then. So you know, you're actually the story that Tanner was asking about years ago, where he's like, how can this stuff be proactive? And nobody really had an answer on how to how to get a guy to change his mental models and read some new stuff until some kind of trauma happened. But mm-hmm. it sounds like for the most part, you got there. Like losing a groupie, I mean, she didn't stab you. Mm. Well, she'd oh, leave no, you, I... but I mean, girls leave all the time. I mean, I had a BPD. Was she BPD? I mean, she was insane. She did pull a, She did put a knife through my shirt, one of my favorite shirts, but did, she didn't put it through me. She just wanted to ruin something I had. <laughs> but then I met this girl in a bar who was way more exciting, half Turkish, half Iranian girl. Lovely girl, by the way. She turned out really fat 10 years later. So <laughs> winning. But uh, I was like, okay, this girl treats me nicely. And I have some psycho bitch over there. I'm going to dump the psycho bitch and go with the nice one. But then the nice one after two, three months dumped me because I, I was that blue pill pedestalizing women beta. Yeah. I, I have been there. We all have. Oh, yeah. But then you, then you got dumped and then you learn a couple of things and it's like, hey, you don't pedestalize women. You get to be your own mental point of origin, which, which was the weird thing because I always been at least after my mother died i mean Mm -hmm. that's my trauma that's the day i became a man my mom died at least that's how i like how how old were you one day after my 14th birthday oh wow i was even younger than when my dad died he he held on till i was 18 wow (laughs) sucks for (laughs) sucks all the way around man i don't envy you at all no she was a horrible alcoholic so Ah, chain smoker here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it sounds harsh, but it might have been for the better. That happened, not just for us, but for her as well, because that was a downward spiral, man. Mm-hmm. No, I can imagine watching my dad the last month hooked up to an oxygen tank. Oof. Although I guess that makes sense. I'm surprised. How long? Here's another thing, a story for you. So after my dad passed, it was three years before I could bring him up in conversation and keep composure. Mm-hmm. How long was it till you were able to talk about your mom? That is a good question. Because I remember my aunt bringing stupid shit up. Oh, chicks are horrible for that. They love to talk about that and reopen the wounds. Yeah. And at school, like my my guide, counsel, guidance teacher, what's it called again? Counsel- oh, guidance counselor? Thank you. That's the one. Guidance counselor. <laughs> like he, uh, when school started, so that's not even a month after she died, he opened class and he walked up to me. He was like, do you want to tell them a shirt? I, and I'm like, <laughs> really? 
My How God. How about we don't start at all? Yeah. It's none of their bit. I thought autism was something for younger people, not the older generation. Oh, what the hell? It, get, it, get, it gets worse. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know what? You tell him. I don't. I, I've always hated the misplaced sympathy. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, and you see it in women a lot, solipsism 101 right there, when something bad happens and you hear them say, I can't imagine how bad that is. I would feel so bad if that happened to me. And then they acknowledge how bad the situation is, but not for you, how bad it would feel for them. Oh, always I always can... hated that. Oh, man. Yeah, Corey had a great story on this one, too, uh, for you guys, the Rule Zero Dad account. He had to go to a funeral um, I can't remember how long ago it was, like six months or something like that. Hopefully he's in the chat. He usually is. But it was the parents, they lost a child. I think it was, it wasn't a miscarriage. It was like the child was under five though. And oh, then God. all the, yeah, all the soccer moms kept walking up and giving speeches about how much they love their kids and how they couldn't imagine if they lost their kids. And they're basically, they're so, they're in their own head so much that they don't realize they're basically just fucking <laughs> Beating these pe- poor bereaved parents over the head with their own children. Mm-hmm. It was like a really sad story, and it kind of reminds me every now and then when Corey has an edge, why he's got it. Because <laughs> and he put it together as a good story, and that's I really don't think you should sell yourself short. By the way, when it comes to storytelling, because I don't know if you've noticed, but these la- and for the audience, this is like last ten minutes. Like this is a very interesting story he's told. He's kept my interest the entire time. He's made it relatable little bit of pain in there and I don't think I don't think you get to like your rambling phase I think you should just start coming up with <laughs> coming up with whatever's on your mind because you are pretty good at putting a story together well, I you, do got, you got me hooked I kind of want to have sex with you right now I'm not joking <laughs> I can imagine I can imagine no, but I appreciate you saying that and the reason I said that I don't think I'm very good at it if you would ask me what I'm doing yeah when I'm telling a story I wouldn't know what to tell you well, you're improvising. In, yeah, I I don't know the the mechanics of it, as Rollo would say. Like, I can't look under the hood of storytelling and tell you, well, well, this is where I start, and then you get to this point, and the peak of that, and then you get the down phase. Like we discussed in tempo, it's yeah, up down, uh, thing. But I don't know about that when I tell my own stories. Yeah, well, you got to do what's natural to you. Like, I know you didn't, you've never done open mic nights or improv classes or anything, have you? Or did you? Unfortunately, a lot. Like, the can is waiting here until I get, like, a a rant inside my head and just go, and go. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's the funny thing. I think an improv class, or a few of them anyway, they're going to be goofy as hell. But it's surprisingly good at helping you come up with not so much a structure, but just some rules of like a rules of thumb. Mm-hmm. So for example, if, like we don't, we didn't talk about what we we're going to do here at all. We had a theme and we just kind of rolled with it. A few principles you use, like you never say, but, or you never say no, you always keep it open. Mm-hmm. So you could tell me anything and whatever you tell me, I just go with it. You can tell me that I do model ships now. And instead of saying, no, I don't do model ships. I go, yes. And carry it on to something. It could be a lie. It could be whatever. Agree and amplify. Right? Yeah, well, it doesn't even have to be amplified. At this point, you're just keeping the conversation open. It's the same as any guy who's talked to a girl and gotten nothing back but one-word answers knows exactly what I mean when I say you don't want to close a conversation. 
Mm. And it keeps a flow going. And that simple trick just right there is enough to keep a conversation going if both parties are engaged. And then if they're not, that's where you get the stuff you're talking about with the rising and the falling action. The thing I learned, I don't know who I could give credit to. I want to say my buddy Jason. He could talk his way in anybody's pants, but my dad might be a good example too because he was pretty silver-tongued. It was forgetting about the story during the most interesting part. And the both of them always did that. And it was hilarious because you'd watch the people get so frustrated. But frustrated was engaged. Like, uh, and that the whole point of storytelling is, and they, see, it's right there. So we'll talk about something completely different right now. And I'll get so excited. And I'm like, oh, this, this other detail was much more amazing than the original thing. Meanwhile, I was just about to tell you the climax of the last thing. So now people are kind of like listening to this one, but it's that tension of waiting for the other thing. And then you get them to, hey, why didn't you tell me about what happened with your dad? And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. And then you get back into it. Yeah. When he would tell the story, he'd mix up the thing in the middle, end it off with something good there. And it was never as good as it made it out to be. It was always anticipation. But the both of them, my buddy Jason too, same thing. He'd have this devil may care grin on his face at the end of it as if he pulled a fast one on you. <laughs> and that that's the whole thing about storytelling you want to get people engaged and it is a good trick though if you're if you're really into the mechanics of storytelling and you want to control the room yeah is to get that point where you drop it like you drop the subject and you jump to another one right and you get people like oh whoa, 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 wait wait what's what's happening with the other one that's when you know you got them it's like they're invested. They're invested in you. They're invested in the subject. Yeah. And can they? Can you help themselves? You see an attractive Jay, or Jack here with a big smile on his face telling a story that, that generally interests him, even the parts that he thought were really annoying. Like when you were talking about that uh, grade school teacher. Ugh. Like I could feel that you're, even now you're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> but I'm kind of invested in that. I'm like, why, is, why, why do I hate this guy? And you're like, and then you start telling him like, oh, yeah, yeah, I hate him too. That's pretty shitty of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that wasn't even the worst. Oh, geez, there's no more. more. <laughs> oh, yes, there's so much more. <laughs> and that's when he diddled me in the closet. Like, oh, dear, too much information. He stabbed me. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, 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 no. Like, he was the one who had the last say into which current I could stay when it came to educational level. And Wait, a current? Because, yeah, like in the Netherlands, we work with currents. Like you got the practical current, so that's more uh, construction, uh, blue-collar work, like construction, uh, plumber, uh, caretaker, things like that. Oh, so you guys do it like Germany, where you kind of have a bunch of character classes and you pick one early. <laughs> you know, like that. But then you get the more mm, academic levels as well. Right. And this is where, where I am still pissed off uh, because of this man today. He made you an A-kid? No, he made me a D. He made me an F-kid. <laughs> that son of a and bitch. Yeah, well, here's why. Because, well, uh, mom just died. So I wasn't really focused on school. But I, I never back-talked to teachers or whatever. I never did drugs or stupid shit like that. I just talked a lot. Mm. <laughs> the guy saying he can tell stories talked a lot. And uh, they sent me out of the classroom all the time. Like, you're not focused. And I'm like, wow, really? I'm not focused? Wow. 
What a surprise. And then he was like, well, your grades aren't good enough, so we're going to put you in shop class over the uh, the blue collar current. And I was like, really? Then my grades started to go up again. And then they were like, well, you're not putting too much effort into the uh, the practical side of this education. And I'm like, okay, so you're not putting me in the current where there's less practical education. I mean, really? You see, I'm better at the theory than the practice, and you're not going to put me in a more academic current? Wow, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Fair enough. But then, years later, and here comes the sad part, like, years later, when I was in therapy, I was ranting about something like, why don't people get this? Why don't they just look this shit up? It's not that hard. And she just stopped me, and she was like, ever did an IQ test? I'm like, fuck you, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> and, like... In school, they always told me I'm I'm not bright and I'm not smart and blah, blah, blah. And you need to do this and you need to do that. And then she was like, ever did an IQ test? And it turned out, <sighs> well, yeah, turned out I have a... Uh, above, above the 95th percentile? Yes. So I got pretty pissed off at that. And ever since then, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. And now I'm here. It turned <laughs> out pretty all right. I'd say so. Did you... Oh. Here's the thing, too. So when it comes to guys lying to themselves, I'm actually one of these guys. That's why I knew which percentile they'd have to make you gifted at. But um, have you ever been one of those guys? I call it like the curse of the smart guy where you're smart enough that you don't have to try. And so you just don't start things. If it's at all difficult, because that gets in the way of your personal identity of being, being gifted. Well, if I was gifted, this would be effortless. So I have to come up with some goofy reason why I didn't start it. Well, I would have liked to, but I was too busy that day or some mm. crap like that. I probably, like everybody does that, I guess. With No, people don't. don't. That's the weirdest thing. No, no it's, it's strictly like the smarter, the smarter you are, or better way to put it, the smarter that you're told you are, the more you make it an identity. Like my friends never had that issue. I would try to explain it to my, my best friends when I was growing up and they're like, just work harder. And I'm like, I don't get it. But I would always have like an excuse like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's because of this. And in reality, it's just I was like a, like you said, I was like an F student. Not because I wasn't good at it, but just because I didn't put any effort in. Because I didn't have to. I had it the other way around. Like Really? Yeah, like school kept telling me I was dumb. And I'm like, I'm not fucking dumb. I know I'm smart. So, <laughs> But then the, the time came when they told me that I had to stay in the lower currents of education. Right. Then I started to give up. Then I was like, you know what? Nobody cares what grades I get. They're all going to say I'm worthless anyway. So who cares? I'm just going to sit here, play Final Fantasy VII, beat Sephiroth's ass. <laughs> Good choice in games, by the way. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I did that. And that that's what got me the groupie plate as well for some odd reason because – she thought it was cool how enthusiastic I was about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Enthusi how many people are enthusiastic about anything in life? I mean, really, when you think about it. Oh, true. Like, I can be enthusiastic about this thing. Yeah. That's my RVS water bottle. It's so much better than plastic. Oh, dude, hold up. I got one of those. Here, one sec. Uh, hold, hold the mic. Don't let any dead air for like 10 seconds. Okay, okay, okay. No dead air for 10 seconds. The reason why I fucking love this thing... Oh, shit. I, I can't curse on this channel because Ryan is monetized. Like, it's RVS. It's a kind of metal, things like that. 
And the main reason why I love it is because it isn't plastic. Because plastic holds parabens. There we go. Parabens in, uh, increase estrogen, which lowers testosterone. That's the reason why. Hi, Ryan. Hey. So here's... I got one of those, too. Where's the... Nice. You got the blue one. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. It was like... Uh, we actually went down to the company. I had an acquaintance who worked down there and he introduced me to the one office and the slide and all that. And my wife had to deal with hers with them on business every now and again. And they always give us these trinkets and I'm like you, I got hooked on these kind of bottles, not because of the whole plastic, uh, estrogen thing, but because in Dubai without these thermos, thermos type, uh, cups that are insulated, you'd end up drinking boiling water after 15 minutes out in the heat. So it was the one way, one way I could actually get cold water outside. Mm. Although we had to have like a giant one liter because you're drinking as fast as you sweat it out over there. Ugh. Ugh. But then the lies. So it's kind of neat that you and I had the opposite direction there. I kept being told how smart I was. And so I just never tried. And I know this guy PCL in here, he calls it lazily, laziness. Mm-hmm. Part of it's laziness, but it's more than that. It's an identity thing. And I think this is gets to the heart of the subject that I was hoping to talk about. Mm-hmm. guys love having an identity and for a guy in a relationship that's not getting sex i'd think that martyrdom identity is like the strongest one and it's the hardest one to kill in a guy and you'll always see it the same concepts i was telling you just before we went on about how this one guy on twitter was talking about how his wife hasn't touched him since february he tried initiating but after three weeks he just couldn't be bothered and i'm like no you could be bothered you just hate rejection but in his mind, but he didn't, and he kept going on about excuses as to why she wouldn't do this, she wouldn't do that, she, 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 she. If you're going to be a storyteller, at least make yourself your own <laughs> your own protagonist. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing was just a way of describing himself as the martyr. He was the perfect good man. Everybody else is keeping it down. None of it is his fault, and he doesn't have to change anything. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that story hundreds of times. It's kind of why we started on the subreddit uh, dropping f bombs on people, not the not the not the cuss, but the homophobic one. <laughs> and it worked well because we found, and I know the thing I learned it from my time in fleet school is that once that for some reason that insult gets to people more than anything. And for mm-hmm. these guys that are ego invested in that martyrdom fantasy, or there's other fantasies too, those other horrible identities is that it cuts right to the core and you're either going to get a guy who lashes out at you because he's still ego invested or the guy who eventually like it's like a basic training thing he breaks down drops his ego but then you actually talk it to a real person after that not an identity trying to defend itself and those are the guys that put in amazing work mm-hmm. and me included like i wasn't exempt from this i remember my first post I asked about buying flowers at one point and I got berated for like six different guys coming at me. You fucking idiot. And they're like, all right, fair enough. But those were the days where you can still go call a guy the F word without being frowned upon. Still yeah. one of my, it's still one of my favorite compliments and uh, cuss words for a guy. Oh yeah, me too. I like it. It's because basically, I mean, I'm not dark enough to get, to get an end pass other than with family and that, because obviously they're all black, but, 
Actually, they yeah, don't want me I saying it either. I but you definitely can't pull that off in the States. No. <laughs> I found that out this morning that you were like half or quarter black. I always thought you were like something Hispanic. Well, yeah, here's the... It came up actually. Purple Pill Debate had a thread about race and all that crap. But mm -hmm. um, my brother did a ancestry.ca thing and he sent me the results. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So I did one too. It ended up, um, for the most part, just a Western European mutt. Uh, English, Irish, German... And like 25%, something around there is Portuguese, but definitely the dark side of Portuguese because on the genetic test, it came up as West African. So I'm like, like oh, that's pretty cool. The dark side as in the slave traders or? I was thinking the Moorish invasion, but I don't know. I'm not very good at history and all that stuff. That's an answer for High Civ. He's the one that knows about that stuff. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> it says the Dutch guy. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to go into our past. But anyway, uh, Dax had a super chat. Oh, that is true. Hey, Dax, thank you for the $5 super chat. Another Canadian, by the way. Really? If it's the Dax I'm thinking of. Oh, I was trying to click it to add it. There we go. That's why he's so polite. Yeah. In my experience, psychedelics are good for shedding hangups and ego bubbles. Have you guys tried them? Would you ever recommend them as a tool? Uh, I will say we're going to talk hypothetically because drugs are illegal, okay? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you start with that one? Oh yeah i'm dutch so they're legal here so oh yeah. fair enough i got that going for me i have no experience with drugs at all and here's why i have had through three drags of a joint once uh didn't like it at all and for some odd reason like my dad built this whole thing up where he, uh, where we never had to complain about anything. And I always felt guilty towards him if I'd ever be a junkie. <laughs> so, yeah, not really. Some sort of respect. So I never did it. Also, a lot of guys where I live, like, they started doing weed, things like that. They got into the hard drugs, and they're totally fuck-ups right now. So that's why I don't have any experience with it. Doesn't mean everybody who does them ends up a fuck up. I mean, uh, I know Goldman has a lot of experience with it. It's <laughs> not right. Um, <laughs> would I recommend it as a tool, even though I know a lot of guys uh, turned out all right? I'm not a big fan of tools. I'm more of a big, I'm a bigger fan of failing, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, exper yeah. like experience beats all. If you suck at something like I was a drummer in a band and we had some live gigs and I was so nervous every time we had to go up. And the only thing that beat that wasn't alcohol. It wasn't drugs. wasn't nicotine. It was doing it, going out there, fail and recognizing that the failure isn't that bad. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> so your drug so, of choice is dopamine. <laughs> could be. <laughs> No, I like that one. All right, I'll give this one a go. Um, I was kind of like you. Never touched a drug in my life. My stepdad was big on weed and coke. Crack there for a while, too. And so I rebelled against the family. I stayed clean and went to college. But uh, um, You really are black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part was, once I left the military, and I had a lot of friends in the military, did coke, weed, but my friends were all the functional ones. So I found there was, you're right, there's two different types of people when it comes to drugs. There's the screw-ups that screw up with drugs. And then there's the functional guys who do it. For the most part, I find it's like a stress relief thing. I'm like a work hard, play hard type thing. 
seemed to work out well for them, but I think it didn't. The drug isn't what made them or didn't make them a screw up. I think they screwed up regardless, and the drug was just something they did at the end of it. And then for me, once I left the military, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna start smoking weed. I want to see what all the hullabaloo is about. It was my way of like sticking it to the man. Uh, first time I tried it, it put me to sleep. So I tried it a few more times. And then they made it legal, and then I just stopped. Because they started putting them in, like, Preparation H tubes, and they took all the fun out of it. So I'm like, you know what? Ah. As far as opening your mind, I can see that because I had I was on Nootropics there for the longest time when I was getting my second degree done during my military investigation. Because of the way the timelines were involved, I had to, while I was working full-time, I also was taking seven courses a semester. And so it was just impossible. I basically had to plow through an amazing amount of work. And so I found Nootropics are great for focus in that. Mm-hmm. As far as opening my mind to new experiences, like I keep hearing people say that, but I haven't had enough field reports to say for sure. So from my own perspective, I couldn't recommend it. But if I started seeing field report after field report of guys who, instead of having trauma or trauma in their lives, like a BPD chick, actually saying, yeah, I took, what's the ketamine is the other one. I took ketamine or I, you know, took shrooms and all of a sudden I can alter my mental models for something more positive towards me that I would be all for it. But I just don't have enough data to say. I used to have discussions with plates about it. I, my last one who started talking about drugs, she had all these junky friends. <laughs> and, no, seriously. And I looked at them and I was like, I don't want to be like that. And she's like, why don't you ever try drugs? I mean, look at them. Yeah, but well, drugs can give you new experiences and uh, give you a new perception. I was like, you know what gives you a new perception? Find out your own ideology. Find out a writer who's really against it and read their book. That will give you a new perspective. I don't need drugs for that. I need a book. And she just looks at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, read something about uh, you don't agree with uh, that. Sorry. Read something that tries to confirm the thing you don't agree with that's how you get a new perspective that's why i read the communist manifesto so crap but that's why i read this thing that's why i read marty hassel things like that to give me new perspective like not the not the the drugs and things like that there are better ways to do it fair enough oh and by the way for those in the chat reyes reborn he i would take his opinion over mine on this stuff i've uh been talking to for the last couple years during the convention that shall not be named Mm. and honestly i love that guy he had an awesome story like when i first met him in 2017 before all the red pilling speeches he kind of a bit of a mess but seeing the change of him from 2017 to 2018 we're talking like he dropped a bunch of weight his style got on his haircuts were better he was better able to like talk and string a sentence together He's like a true success story, and he's really is one of like the hundreds of guys that most guys never hear about who have done some awesome things. He's like Quincy, one of my favorites. All right. But with pants. I think he has pants. Reyes, you're wearing pants, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't drop into the stream, man. Yeah. But that's interesting there, the psychedelic angle. Like I said, I, I wish I knew. And I think that's the problem, too. Um. This is going to tie into a story. It's kind of a little off topic, but so I'm sure you've seen anybody who's tried to have a red pill space, a little online clubhouse for any length of time will always get a lot of hate. 
-hmm. And usually the first one that people lob at it is, oh, these are just a bunch of unattractive nerds who want to talk about being alpha alpha or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Altmate Cad, I reference him a lot. He's gone now, but he was, by all metrics, killing it. Corporate job, high six figures, definitely in shape, slept with just about everybody. Long story on that one. But here was the thing. He's like, I can't tell anybody else about these stories of me because I'm married. I can't talk about my plates with anybody at all. It's the blue pill world. Like you can't. So this is the only place I have to brag about this stuff. And I thought that was amazing because it's so eloquently pointed out why at least the red pill. There's, I mean, there's a lot of unattractive men. There's a lot of men who are there to learn. There's a lot of men who are just sulking, but got kicked out of the MGTOW community and they want another place to vent. <laughs> but there's like a cadre of really switched on high value men in here that just have this because that's the only place they can brag about the stuff. Their little pro Jared antics without getting arrested or divorced. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell those ones because they're the ones that as every time they put out a field report, Somebody else has to call him a liar. Max Pinor, actually, he's one of the older guys from the Sphere. He just had a post on the Red Pill about that. If you guys get a chance to head on to Reddit, I would say give it a read. It's an awesome read. I don't want to spoil it. It's basically about how to keep a girl from cheating on you, but it's so much more than that. Hmm. But he's, yeah, he's one of those guys that's been switched on. He knows his stuff. He's like you before you went in real life. Everybody just assumed you were a nerd reading books. And you mean you are a nerd and you do read books. But I mean, to look at you, you're a tall drink of water too, right? I it's know. not exactly like you're an incel. <laughs> no, no, I'm not an incel. Yeah. Um, like that. And that's what I wanted to get to in the beginning. Like, how do you, because I thought about it. I thought about it. Like people can call me a fraud. They can. Absolutely. They can call me out. Like say Jack Napier is a liar. But the thing is, I at least talk about my failures. And mm-hmm. that's the thing with the, the frauds and the non-frauds. You can see them talking about failures. Like, you've got the fuck files. <laughs> I mean, you talk about when things went wrong. Oh, yeah. That's a 50-50 mess of success yeah. and failure in there. <laughs> but now we know why things went wrong. And you need to go wrong before you can go right. Agreed. And that's it. That's another thing. It's all the perspective of how you tell the story. You watch... I use Anthony as this as a good example. All of his stories are to establish how awesome he is. And there's nothing more off-putting than you having to tell somebody how great you are for four years. I am the son of the manosphere. I yeah. shine brightly more than any other. <laughs> I am the autism of autistics. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Asperg of the Asperg. <laughs> but, but you're right. That's the thing, too, where you can tell a story. And you can tell a story where it makes you out not to be a good guy at the end of it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That gives that little bit of honesty. I think that's a pedestalization of women anyway, because so many guys think if you think women are perfect, of course, your story has to put you above that because you have to be better than a woman because, you know, whatever, whatever reasoning you have. But they forget that a lot of women, well, most women are just this neurotic mess. (laughs) They don't think of themselves as good. Like the dog walker, perfect example. The day I actually felt bad about how I treated her is the day she started to lose interest in me. Like she had an expectation of how she's supposed to be treated. And if I deviated from that, then she just assumed I was lying. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's just one of those things. Any guy who's dated a girl with daddy issues will kind of know where I'm coming from here. 
Which I think you have. Uh, you were hinting at it before. <laughs> well, the groupie kind of was like that. Because in the bit like when I was when I wasn't aware she was interested, she came over way more often. Right. But then I started to get ego invested, and that's the point where she dropped. But then <laughs> I removed myself. Guess who came back? She expected <laughs> me to kind of treat her like shit. Yeah. And... Treat me like crap, never be there, always have a foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Such a weird tragedy of the human condition. Oh, I only yeah. want things that I can't have. As soon as I get it, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> oh god, yeah. It's so annoying, but it's paradoxically. And but I do find that not only women with daddy issues have that, uh-huh. only women with daddy issues have it in a higher degree. Like the women with daddy issues, you uh you turn it up a notch. Like always, at least that's my opinion, in every relationship you have with a woman, even if you're married or whatever, yeah. always have one foot out of the door. Breakup is always an option. It has to be. Yeah, that's that's how you fix the whole pedestalization of everything. Have, always have a foot up the, out of the door. But when she has daddy issues and she needs to thrive on that excitement, you just you, you turn it up a bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's more just a little bit more distance, just a little bit more time uh, for you to wait to respond. Things like that. Yeah, well, it's just like this podcast here. I always. Tell people, like, what you see here, this is us, the way we normally talk, plus 10%. So it's that exact same thing. Because if we talk like we normally talk in real life, it sounds boring as hell on a podcast. So you have to amp it just a touch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, same, exactly the same thing. I totally get you. At least I try to uh, sound smart. Ah, but, don't backpedal on it. But let me tell you, Ryan. <laughs> I've been waiting for that the entire time. <laughs> no, but but seriously, um, to get into to get into the subject you were mentioning, like excuses, yeah, that guys make, and especially with this, and the biggest excuse I hear, especially from from uh, plugged in guys, is that well not all women are like that you're just those red pill misogynists and blah 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 but these guys are so unexperienced with women that they didn't they can't they don't have a they don't yeah how do you know that we're wrong yeah they (laughs) don't have any experience to fall back on they can't tell me why i'm wrong because they don't have the experience they can just tell you that they believe differently and that you have to be wrong or their beliefs are wrong and that can't happen but they don't even have the opportunity to try out what we're talking about because, well, they have to be wrong. But then I'm like, look at your success rate. It's abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's down the drain. And for you, too, those guys, they have, the, they have the balls to put day game as their handle on Twitter. Can you believe the balls on these guys? Oh, my God. The only part of day game you have right is that you did it during the day. There's no game. It's just sadness. Sadness and puppies. <laughs> and crystals crystals. <laughs> crystals and vibrations dude I oh. and you know the worst part about that stupid vibration woo woo MBTI bullshit yeah like 60 year old is the new uh, peak yeah oh man that's even worse but 
through all of that rambling, there's always like a 10% of useful information or truth in there, which makes it just enough if a guy's ego invested in all this crap to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you got to have higher vibrations, higher energy. Like in that, you can kind of pull from it. Okay, so if you're excited and fun to be around, you tend to draw other people in with your body language and that they tend to agree with. And I'm like, oh, I can go with that. No. But then they just take it and they Alex Jones the shit out of it. <laughs> With the vibrations, energy, upper middle class. I'm like, ah, you just had to. You just should have shut up like 10% of the way through your speech. You just had to turn the frogs gay. Didn't <laughs> you? Yeah, I like. Love, I still love it that that turned out to be true. Well, not necessarily gay, but they turned the frogs hermaphrodites, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that's a perfect example is the Alec Jones stuff. So he always has this. There's a nugget of truth in there. And if you watch anything that he does. You and you do your own research. You're like, oh, okay, that's what he was talking about. But he surrounds it with so much bullshit and leaps of faith and random lizard people nonsense that it just completely <laughs> removes any value from the thing he was talking about. Although for him, I get it. It's entertaining. It's the Ryan Holiday, trust me, media manipulation stuff. So I understand why it's as popular as it is. And you can tell, by the way, if I ever give up on the state of man and just become completely cynical and jaded if i start phoning in that kind of like uh cynical conspiracy theory type stuff you'll know that that's my my uh, canary in the coal mine that i've given up or the feds have gotten to me <laughs> oh god we'll save you ryan we'll save you <laughs> well that's the thing like it's so easy to say women are trash and it is because a lot of women are trash oh yeah but then, and this is part, I love this about Rolo is that he's becoming red-pilled to the state of man. And he realizes that, oh my god, a lot of women are trashed because men are even worse. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's an interesting turn. Well, can you, exp- like, you hear these, the same guy out of one side of his mouth talks about repealing the 19th Amendment because women can't vote. And then on the other side, it's, I can't have a decent human connection, so I gotta buy a doll to fuck. Uh like, how do you reconcile those two things? Good storytelling, that's how you do it. Well, <laughs> I mean, the guys who buy dolls, first of all, in my honest opinion, I don't believe they failed enough. I mean, it's an easy way out. Most guys, I mean, okay, to, uh, wait, can, can I do this? Can I talk about TFM? Yeah, sure. I try to keep the gossip out, but if it's making a point, then do what you well, got to do. It's making a point. Uh, because I listen to TFM sometimes. Like, MGTOW is a nice place to visit sometimes. When you when you need to refocus your things, you go MGTOW you. Slumming it. <laughs> yeah, you go MGTOW a bit. You're like, okay, focus on the goal. Like, women and shit. But what he did, and it was one of his podcasts, he said, I dated down. I dated a fat, ugly chick. And she shield, and she still cheated on me. Women are shit. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Chill. Chill. Bro. <laughs> You're telling me that you dated down and she still cheated on you. Okay, my friend. What did you do wrong? No, but women are our pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all fine and dandy. Yeah. But first of all, women need to have the space to act upon that hypergamy. Hypergamy is not a straitjacket. So where in all of this did that go wrong? Well, they, we just have to appeal the 19th. They can't vote. I'm like, <laughs> okay, dude. Okay, something is going on here. Like, I, I hear true resentment in all of that. 
he hasn't failed enough. He just started to date down. The bitch burned him. And now he's all like, woe is me. Buy a doll. Appeal the 19. Dude, it's the same as the, the smart guy syndrome. He has an identity of... And that woman rejecting him, the one that's lower. I'm assuming he does the looks max thing. Where whoever's the prettiest gets the most. Yeah, it's not true. So the, Yeah, exactly. It's not true. I don't get it. This girl was unattractive. I was better than her and she still did this. Well, it's got to be her fault for voting, not my fault because I have a horrible <laughs> mental model towards women. Yeah. But I like that with hypergamy. I got a great analogy for you, too. It's like a crackhead. Crackheads don't steal your stuff if they have crack. Oh. And I think that's a great way to articulate what you said with your, well, what did you do? Without having to go the other, because, you know, it, it always, what did you do? is a horrible statement from a lot of people because it just assumes that women can do no wrong. So if anything happened, it's your fault, which isn't true. People no, are absolutely not like, it's not true, but it has to be something that needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah. So that's why I like the crackhead analogy because crackheads are crackheads. Oh, Nobody's yeah. going to say the crackhead would never do anything wrong. But at the same time, you understand that as long as he has crack, he's not stealing your stereo. So there is something you can do. Here's here's some crack. Get out of here. <laughs> like, did you watch the new Dave Chappelle special? I have not yet. I want to wait. I want to wait a little bit because I do enjoy it. Yeah. So I want to have where I have like a, a solid chunk of time in the evening to just watch it without uh, distraction. He has a great pit. He has a great uh, sketch about white crackheads. <laughs> I can imagine. But yeah, I got to get on it soon because Bill Burr's got his special coming out too. He's another one. I usually catch him every time he comes down to Canada in Montreal. I think this will be the first year where we probably don't actually. Mm. Oh, nice. Thank you, baby. <laughs> That's true love. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. I mean, if your wife doesn't even bring you a coffee or a drink, I mean, what? You did something wrong there. <laughs> Oh, total off topic, but do you, uh, I think it was Drew. Yeah, Drew, was it you that was talking about the guy who had to get up early for a workout because he had to be at work at no, six? Yeah, You're like, just yeah, get yeah, up yeah. at four? Like, Drew, yeah. Twitter exploded. That, that woman, like, she went insane. Mm -hmm. She went mental. Like, tell your wife to make breakfast in a loving room. You must be single. She immediately went to the shaming tactics. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the that's the cudgel that the women always like to use on that one. But that's the funny thing. I just think it was an old post by Archwinger. I put it up on my blog because now that he's gone, I don't want to lose all of his wisdom and time there. But he called it modern Chinese foot binding. Like you know about the Chinese, how they had uh, they foot binding. Their women could show off how affluent they were by binding their feet to the point where they couldn't even walk. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so that's what new things are. A girl that doesn't have to do shit. And still keep a man is like the new status signal for them. So that's why. And it's like the well never runs dry. If you want to get strong negative engagement on a tweet. And hopefully find some new followers. Just mention something about women and cooking. <laughs> they will come crawling. I haven't put up on mine. I did that. I did the exact same thing that AJ did. That Hunter did. You know the seven ways to not be trash. Oh yeah. Don't be fat. Learn to make a sandwich. Blah 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 blah. Don't really. None of us really care about it, but we just know it's like easy bait to get feminists mad at you, so we just do it. And yeah. if you're lucky, you end up getting an article on some feminist blog, which gets escalated up to like the New York Post, which gets escalated to the national news. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, if you haven't read, you've read Ryan Holiday, haven't you? Uh, Ryan, I think I did. 
Yeah, that trust me, I'm a medium or confessions of a media manipulator. And here's the dark side of the manosphere on this one. You see, I'm doing that exact same thing I said before where I tell a story and then in the middle of it, right during the best part, I start telling a different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. That's like the dark side of the manosphere. Because Ryan Holiday, he was the one who got Tucker Max his level of fame and Cernovich for the most part. And so those guys were the manosphere. And a lot of this whole, the Trump, the anger, the outrage marketing, it was always there, but they took yellow journalism to a whole new level. And that's kind of one of the things that I came to terms with is that everybody keeps talking about the manosphere being a bunch of unattractive nerds pretending to be attractive. But I'm like, no, we got, uh, we're kind of all over the map. Mm-hmm. Like, say yeah. what you want about Cernovich, but he really has carved a niche out of being edgy and controversial. Yeah, like I have, I've read The Obstacle is the Way, and you were talking about Confessions of a Media Manipulator, that one? Yep. Okay. Honestly, anybody who's in this space as a content creator should read that. Anybody okay. who's ever going to get tarred and feathered, I put that up there with Box Day's Social Justice Warriors Always Lie. Oh, I need to have that one as well. Yeah, because Vox has a great roadmap on, okay, so you're being tarred and feathered in the public square. Literally, what Pro Jared did, mm-hmm. I swear to God, he's read Vox's book. There's no way he didn't, because he's following it to a T. And it did well for him, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw the video, and I, you know, kudos to him. Yep. <laughs> they weren't underage. These girls are liars. Here's the receipts. Which was a really nice touch, by the way, given that nod to uh, uh, the quartering. Because he's kind of like a, a cult classic among like the, the nerdosphere part. <laughs> but that's the thing. So Vox takes it seriously because he's like, you know, people are losing their jobs and that this is what you do. Here's your roadmap to get out of it. Remember, people don't care. Fight back. Make the rubble bounce. All those seven or eight steps there. Seven principles. Mm-hmm. But then Ryan Holiday shows the other side of it from the side of the media that's doing the manipulation. And you realize... Yeah, nobody cares. Like, even the people, and I have a hard time taking outrage seriously on the internet anymore because after reading it, I realized most of these people aren't actually outraged at me telling a woman how to cook. They just act outraged because that gets more engagement and they're under such huge time constraints Mm -hmm. that they have to get something out there. And so they have to develop drama. Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A in Toronto, perfect example of that. Five hippies... Oh, yeah. Lying down in front of a Chick-fil-A. I can only assume that's because the Chick-fil-A in the South and that whole gay marriage thing came out. They're assuming that's got anything to do with Canada or Chick-fil-A, which they're out of their damn minds. But Toronto, Toronto's blog showed it. Basically, four people with nothing else to do doing the most ineffective thing they possibly could with a vague reference to LGBTQ rights. So Toronto's blog picks it up. I guarantee we see it tonight on CTV, on CBC, talking about a national story because four nerds pretended to be outraged. And they weren't really outraged. It's a chicken sandwich, and nobody really cared. But then we'll have this whole story come from nothing. Again, storytelling. And imagine Chick-fil-A as if it was, you know, uh, Robert Fisher from The Red Pill and that. Imagine if Chick-fil-A started reacting to all this stuff like it was actual outrage that they needed to address. Or imagine if Pro-Jared started dealing with all this stuff by apologizing and say he'll try to be a better man and respect oh, the women. God. Never apologize. Because, well, you made a great video, by the way. I really enjoyed that one. Thank and you. <laughs> well, I watched his, um, 
I watched his reaction video to all of this. Yeah. And he really did a great job. He was, he never apologized once, I believe. I believe he didn't in that video. He was just like, I asked these guys if they were adults, if they did consent, they did. And I went with that. My relationship with my ex-wife, I wanted to get out of that. We have discussed that. I did nothing wrong. And here's the proof. I was like, damn, mm -hmm. he, did, he did good. He waited for months as well. Like, it, it, well, yeah, because nobody was listening right at the start. They were busy frothing at the mouth. Yeah, but it, it takes balls for a guy not to dive into that. It takes smarts. I know, and that's... It's kind of one of those funny things because he is, when you think of a masculine man, pro Jared is about as far from it as you can get. Short of uh, the H3, H3 guy, Ethan, because he's fat. But, <laughs> like, there's nothing about pro Jared that any man I could see aspiring to. But when push came to shove, he did pull it out. And he pulled out, like, the core of being a man, that unapologetically doing your thing or... How did somebody... I really want to remember how Human Sock Puppet put it, where uh, the whole world is going to be against you and for women. Uh, yeah. I can't remember how he put it, but it was really eloquent about taking a sharp stick and stabbing anybody in your way. Oh, no, that was Roycey. I've been, I've been getting into Roycey lately because now finally somebody archived the blog in a proper way that you can select it from new to old and from old to new because oh you saw that <laughs> yeah the old blog didn't have that it was so fucking annoying it's good i swear to god sometimes like a part of me wants to believe that delicious tacos is roycey with a new name but the only reason i would say not is because i know tacos is uh is from la and roycey was from dc, DC. yeah uh, unless they're being really clever about it but the whole the voice is almost exactly the same and i never heard him I never heard delicious talk. By the way, thank you for that uh, for that vouch today. What I do for the audio? He was like, uh, "I want to do an audio book," and you were like, "Well, I can vouch for Jack." Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Tacos is awesome. I do. I talk with him a bunch. He signed my copy of. Uh... Oh, I have it out there. He signed my copy of uh, of his book, which is awesome. He signed it by drawing like a vagina in it. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's actually the perfect signature. But I really want to see the guy succeed. He's the first guy that got me reading nonfiction since Choose Your Own Adventures and Fight Club. And unlike Pal and Chuck, he actually likes chicks. So I'm like, ah, it's got to be like a little bit extra for you. Mm -hmm. But then that's the problem is that he's a really good writer, but he absolutely hates shilling as he puts it or marketing. So I'm like, any chance I get to connect anybody with him to help him and the other person be more successful, I'll take it. I mean, the fact that you can string a sentence together fairly adequately helps too, right? Mm, true. Hey, by the way, did you uh, do you have the link to the new Roycey blogs? Uh, Angelo Ocasio is asking for it in the chat. Uh, I want to say it's the ChateauArtiste.net. It's either .net or .org. Mm, I'll try Sorry, it. my keyboard's on the other side there. I don't want to go off frame here, but yeah, you just look for Chateau Artiste. Yeah, There's two of them. Yeah. This yeah. The uh, the archives in it. now. The difference between the two of them, there's one, and you could tell it's a different one. The The formatting is all weird, uh, the .net or .org. That one is from a guy who literally just uh, scraped the entire website and posted it up on his own. He tried to do the same thing with uh, the Red Pill and the forums there, but he did some... He had some privacy concerns where he wasn't uh, scrubbing the private data that people deleted. Like, if you don't know, when you delete a Reddit post, it doesn't actually delete it. It just hides it from the uh, from the view. 
So when a lot of people do API scrapes, you can actually pull up old deleted comments. And Red Pill School, he had a talk with him saying, look, you're going to do this, that's fine, but people deleted this stuff for proper reasons. So, And this is generally, here's something that Ivan can learn, by the way, about proper OPSEC. Data retention. <laughs> with data retention, data has a lifetime. And when people delete things, it's for a reason. A lot of times people forget that and that's where you get a lot of these data breaches causing more harm than they should it's because people left just leave data there because data is cheap on a hard drive but then they forget somebody can break one of your systems and if they get a data without a data retention plan in place then you can basically get so much historical data you can do all kinds of damage so he didn't do that so i don't want to vouch for his archive of it because I don't know what else he has in place. If that's one thing he doesn't... And he refused to do it. So I'm like, well, if he's already kind of refusing to do that simple privacy concern there, what other things are there possibly in there? So I don't want to get people on that one. But the one, the proper one, which you're saying .org, you'll see it has like the exact same formatting as Roycey. I'm pretty sure that's actually Roycey put it back up himself, but we'll see. The rumor is that he once he got doxxed he sold it and then a couple other guys are taken over for him and that's when it took the white nationalist turn or that the feds came i don't know there's a whole bunch of rumors on it but either way the game stuff is is perfect i think you really should read it i enjoy it as much as i love rollo and the rational mail i do really have a soft spot for roycey because that's it's more to my pickup days i guess <laughs> that's a bit before my time but i mean Every time you guys are like, go read Ian Ironwood. With Ironwood, I did read. But yeah. like Roycey, I, again, I didn't really get into Roycey because his site was horrible to navigate. <laughs> but now, finally, someone put in the work. Thank you for that, for the guy who did that. And now I can, with ease, go through it. And it's good. It's good. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's very, it's, you can tell it's all field reports. Mm -hmm. No theory, strictly practice. Like, one of my favorites is what day of the week he found was best to run game. And he was finding Thursday at that sweet spot, which I remember, too, because Thursdays was always my best day when running night game. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And that's why I love this, because 80% of the red pill was, like, kind of resonating with my experience anyway. So as I started reading more, and I'm like, oh, so I've never seen this one. But that makes sense, because I know this and this, and I've done this. Mm -hmm. And I got most of that from Roycey. So I'm doing, like, the second read through it again. It's... Honestly, it's such a wonderful thing to do. If you guys haven't done it, like the Red Pill and the Married Red Pill sidebars, you've given them a read, give it like a year to percolate, and then read it again. Like Esther Villa, awesome on a second read. Uh, reading Manosphere for the second time, awesome for a second read. And going through Roycey the second time, awesome for a second read. I know a lot of you guys have already read Rolo. Try reading him again. I guess he won't complain about that. I'm telling him to read it twice, so... <laughs> Read two copies by seven. <laughs> Give out 12. All right. Uh, you know what I need to do? I need to get some phone lines on this one. I got to find out the tech you need to do that stuff. Uh, that goes with Blog Talk Radio, I believe. Blog Talk Radio. I don't know. That's And that's the other thing, too. I want to have something a little more sophisticated than text this number to blah, 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 and mail in your post-dated stamps to... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want any boomer to it at all, but... I guess I could just put out the Skype number on that one too and make a Skype number for it. Mm -hmm. like Richard Allen has a good question. Did Hartiste come up with the whole Alpha, Beta, Delta thing? And the first thing I want to say, that was more of a Fox Day thing. 
who expanded the whole alpha beta into gamma uh zeta whatever omega oh the theta because there's like seven words devoted to that i've never seen it since (laughs) that's a good question i'm i don't know who gets credit for it because and they're not really consistent with the naming either you're right i'd say vox is probably the best one with a socio-sexual hierarchy Mm -hmm. but between keone galt roosh roycey and rollo they also had just the alpha beta stuff where they started Royce kind of talked about it a little more like it was an archetype. Rolo talked about it more like it was a set of behavior and quality set, like drawing a Texas sharpshooter around the attractive qualities a man can have. But that's the question. I don't know who came up with it first. And I bet you anything, there's probably a So Suave article from 2008 that was before all this stuff or something from Keone Galt. I mean, the whole Manosphere started out at SoSwap, right? Mm-hmm. No, the whole Manosphere started off on BBS services in the in the late eighties. Really? Late eighty, or I guess early nineties. Yeah, if uh, I be- I can't remember if it was in the game or if it was in Mystery and Styles other stuff. But when they first started running pickup, they were actually talking to each other on like the use on the Usenets, mm-hmm. dialing in. Back then, a BBS. If you guys don't know. It's when you had to call, you had to call a phone number to connect to the internet, and every phone number had its own little mini internet, <laughs> and it was always long distance. So you always had to make long distance calls. So you had to use your internet time very sparingly. Oh my god! Like guys ramping up the phone bills just to talk about how to get girls. Yeah, I remember this. I was like six years old, and I downloaded. It was like an ASCII art representation of Star Wars. The entire movie done with ASCII art. It was like very impressive. As a kid, I was just mind blown. Although back then the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was real, so who knows? Oh my god! Like, do you want way off topic? Way off topic. <laughs> you mentioned the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Like, did you ever get into the angry video game nerd, or is that more my thing? My oh time? yeah, no, I I watched them a bit. I. Definitely have not been a diehard fan that watched everything, but uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, he, he has an episode about Atari porn. I mean, for fuck's sake, guys. Oh, the cowboy one. Yeah, I remember that yeah. game. I think I had that one. <laughs> not surprised at all. <laughs> well, I said only 80s kids will know when you have like a shoebox filled with Atari games because they were just the perfect size to fit in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, that, but at that point, I was like four, five, six years old, so I was like way too small to remember most of it. And to me, the cowboy thing didn't even register as porn back then. No. It was just, those pixels are shooting those pixels. That's a cowboy, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Well, it really looks like it anyway. But yeah, I remember him. Wasn't my favorite, although there was a whole bunch of guys back in that time I used to like. So there was, that was back when, like, Homestar Runner was big, wasn't it? No idea. Not from the 80s, remember? No, no, no. The Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh, like that. Yeah, Angry Video Game Nerd. And Nostalgia Critic was big back then. Uh, God, who more? Uh, John Tron is still going. That guy is hilarious. Is he? Honestly, I've only ever watched one thing from John Tron where he talks about the uh, that super tape. And he like yeah. plastered on things, like he can hold <laughs> things together and all that. I, I didn't you- mind it. I thought it was kind of neat, but I was like, eh. I think it was one of those things I had to get in early to truly enjoy. You should watch his Birdemic video when you have the time. I'll have to he, add it to the list. He has <laughs> this weird 
over exaggerated shock humor. Where it's like, like what? Just really out of the blue, shockingly for nothing, how stupid something really is. Oh, so, man. Yeah, kind of makes me laugh. Oh, you know, here's something actually. I have like a thing I have to confess. Oh God! Do you, well, um, well, not like that. It's more like a nerd thing. I guess we'll do a little bit of nerd stuff and then get back to storytelling and and having sex and that. But um, do you know who Ralph Bakshi is? I think I do. Yeah. Well, you know who Frank Fazetta is, right? Not yet. Okay. Eighties North American animation kind of had a resurgence. There was Disney owned it, but then Japan had all the good animation. Japan. Mm-hmm. And then Ralph Bakshi. And Frank Fazetta was, like, he's the artist that did a lot of the heavy metal magazines. If you ever see, like, a Dungeons & Dragons oiled up, like, Aztec princess surrounded by demons and stuff, it's mm-hmm. usually a Frank Fazetta painting. Mm-hmm. And Ralph Bakshi was the animation version of him. He was the one that took the the Japanese idea of animation as a medium and a storytelling mm-hmm. medium that wasn't just for kids. And so he made uh, the heavy metal movie, uh, Wizards, Fire and Ice... Uh, the Lord of the Rings animation there. He was the one who bought, made rotoscoping like a big thing. If you guys don't know, rotoscoping is like actual actors, and then you just trace over them. It was a very cheap way to get animation out. Yeah. But my confession is I've never actually seen Fritz the Cat. Me neither. Which I do know. Yeah, <laughs> R-rated cartoon. And I was thinking, we were talking about storytelling and chicks and that. I honestly love that dirty 80s aesthetic. And you don't really see it anymore at all. Everything's too clean and too polished. And I was just thinking about this from a game perspective. When people are telling stories, when they're doing pickup, when uh, you're bragging about how you're the greatest guy in the manosphere or how you're like a ninja among all ninjas, everything sounds too polished. Sounds too real. And it doesn't sound real enough. It's all like your life is a green screen. And that's why I really loved when you were telling your stories and giving your field reports because it's not. It's got that it's got that grit to it. And it makes mm-hmm. it interesting. And granted, there's a lot of basic bitches who couldn't give a damn about any of this stuff. They just want, you know, dangle some keys in front of them so they can oh shiny. Mm-hmm. But I think it really behooves a man at some point to try and uh pick up like one of those alt type girls, the ones that are into like niche things. I guess it's hard to explain, but that who's that? Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Like the old type girls who like who like Nintendo, who who know what an Atari is, or are into the gritty manga like Akira and things like that, mm. and don't like the whole, um, like they go beyond Pokemon. Yeah, actually, that's a good way to put it. They go beyond Pokemon. <laughs> But it's not just animation or nerd stuff, too. It's everything. Like, if you... That's the difference between a girl who just goes out to the bar to listen to Top 40 and you picking up a chick out of some, like, grungy blues club. Yeah. Like, Like, there's... She knows who Miles David is. Yeah, but not in that basic bitch way. Like, she actually knows the 5-2-1 progression, stuff like that. And let's face it. um, I can't remember who first said this, so I don't know who to give credit to, but that women don't have interests... They just have the interests of the last guy they dated. <laughs> That's hard. Oh, by the way, Adam Adam Simmons, anyone who plays video games over the age of 18 needs to have a serious word with themselves. Well, I'll have a word with myself today. Thank you very much. You know what? It's I get the idea that I don't think 
the problem I have with that is the kind of person that rags on a guy over 18 that plays video games probably watches the pregame show for the Super Bowl at the same time. Nah, who cares? Yeah, well, I've, over years, I've just tempered it. I've realized that there's going to be distractions. A guy, there is no guy out there who doesn't have some sort of entertainment distraction in his life. It's just impossible. Anybody who's mm-hmm. bragging about, I don't do anything but read books by candles, knuckle push-ups <laughs> in the shower, and work 20 hours a day, yeah, raise my family bare-chested, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> you don't do <laughs> any of that. The thousand burpee cold shower challenge. Yeah, yeah. Rob and I had that uh, had that in uh, during red evening. Like Bull Rush was joking, like, "How do I get the girls?" I was like, "Well, first of all, you start a burpees. cold shower and do a yeah, and a thousand burpees." <laughs> Warhammer forty k. Hello, grand. That's another one. I have like no knowledge of the Warhammer stuff. I remember I used to work with a guy who trained with Adam Zujek when I was down there. Really good mm-hmm. MMA fighter. But he had figure painting parties all the time. He called them figs. But it was just hilarious because everybody wanted to poke fun at him for it. But he's like, I'll take you to the ground and choke you out. Shut up right now. <laughs> he said so deadpan. <laughs> yeah, but those are the, like, I had that as well. Like, um, who did I tell the story to? Like the whole Pokemon card thing. Like there was a band playing in a bar nearby and the girlfriend of the guitar player, different groupie than before. She she had a fancy for me, mm. and uh, we talked fancy about for you. Saying, what was it like in Victorian times? <laughs> <laughs> we we did not fornicate. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate that word, and Carl as well. No, Carl hates so, it. I just hate the guys who say it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But she uh, she dug me, and uh, we started talking about anime and things like that. And I was like, well, I've got the first first two generations of Pokemon on on trading cards. She was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, I can show you. Like, I live around the corner. And she... <laughs> Dude, that's the sophisticated... I just have to go home and feed my fish. That's impressive. Yeah, I know. And my friends made fun of me. Like, well, did she check out your Dragonite and things like that? And, well, I... Well, the guys I hang around with, they don't work out or anything. And I'm like, I can smack you to the ground. You know that, right? You're trying to shame me for almost banging a chick while using Pokemon cards as yeah. a way to get her over. Shut Don't care, up, got mate. laid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well that's got the laid. thing. Did, oh, go ahead. Keep going. Out. Well, we did make out and things like that. And uh, well, she was wearing red underwear. I still remember that one. But mm. she was like, well, I can't. Uh, it was last minute resistance. She was like, well, I can't do that to him. He's taking me to travel and things like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to push you. So get out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair Fuck enough. Off. Dude, that's a nice freeze out, by the way. For not reading mystery, you sure seem to have a lot of his concepts down. Yeah, but like I didn't get. Although I guess it's natural. Like <laughs> he just wrote down what people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like the whole natural thing. I believe Rob and I talked about that last week. Like you need to fail as well. Mm-hmm. And what I used to have was I'm just an extrovert. Really am. I like talking to new people, things like that. And when I saw a girl who had something, just something that caught my eye, I just started yeah. talking about that. Like, hey, I noticed you have that and that, but have you? do you have this and this as well? Because that is related to that. We just start talking about that, and then from one thing led to another. I mean, and that the weird thing is, the more I got into pickup and into the theory about everything, yeah, the yeah. more 
the more I started fucking up. I was like, oh yeah, I need to agree and amplify, and I need to do this, and I need to be cocky and funny, and then everything turned shit. Oh yeah, you're riding the bike, left pedal, right pedal, oh, I fell over. (laughs) That's common, but that's fine until it gets internalized. Um, Oh, I was thinking back to this one too, where he's saying like, anybody who plays video games needs to... And here's the thing, everybody's going to need a distraction. But have you ever noticed that any type of entertainment that guys do... Unless it involves appeasing women, it's always shamed. Yeah. If you watch sports all day, oh, you're just one of those dweebs that sits there armchair quarterbacking things. You're such a dweeb. Oh, you're playing video games. You're such a dweeb. You're doing Warhammer. You're such a dweeb. You collect Pokemon. Well, I mean, in that case, you are a dweeb, but you get the idea. <laughs> I sold them. Seriously, I sold cardboard pictures for 720 euros. Dang. Well done. Yeah. But, uh... But yeah, that's the thing. So what's the only thing that isn't shamed? A guy who works hard to build a nice house and puts a girl in it. Basically, unless you're willing to become the plow horse for women, everything you do is shameable. So if you're going to be poison anyway, just pick your poison. I don't really care if a guy does any. I don't care what he does. I don't care if he's into scat porn in his spare time. As long as he's got the fundamentals down. And I think a guy in here put it in the chat where he had a friend in the Marines. All he did was work out deploy and play world of warcraft and he just slayed so at that point i can't shame a guy for playing world of warcraft now if he's the guy who's fat in the basement hasn't talked to a girl and thinks about buying a sex doll and all he plays is world of warcraft then we got a problem but that's another video and i don't think it gets enough play in here it was one i'm actually surprised it didn't where i said sometimes you have to work twice as hard just to get to a place that a natural was five years before and I don't think, and I think this ties into your uh, TFM thing where oh, I got burned. A fat chick cheated on me once, and so now I'm just going to buy a sex doll. Like, come on. Sometimes people are not, like naturals. There's a reason why naturals are overly optimistic and respect whammon so hard. It's because they don't have to not. <laughs> Women will never treat him badly. AJ will never see the wrong side of a woman until he gets fat, middle-aged, and possibly with a shoulder injury. Then he might start to see it. But by then it's oh, going to be too late. Yeah, He's just too way, pretty. Speaking about him. Uh, he finally released a shirtless selfie. And I am not impressed. Oh. <laughs> just putting it out there. Oh, good on him, I guess. Whatever. He's a fitness yeah. guy. He should be doing that. Well, I finally got, released me wearing a goofy shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got the big shoulders, though. I do respect that. I mean. Oh yeah, dude. He knows like he's. Yeah, he's got good genetics, and I'm like it's clear his workout program is fine too. He's got a good workout program, so I don't want to take away do that seething like beta male thing where well he thinks he's it's just genetics. He doesn't like I no he fucking lifts, but that's got nothing to do with the fact he has no game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's harsh. Nice. Well, that's the thing. Like it's one of the few places where you can't really trust a natural's opinion because a natural doesn't know true like is he ever gonna see a girl cheat on him probably not and if he does he'll just replace her instantly with another girl to get rid of her so how can you there is no story he can tell from the perspective of the average man that will resonate with them on a sexual level Mm. that's why i really love carl because he was a former fat guy and so he's seen both sides of the fence so he knows exactly what women can be capable of if a guy becomes lower value for the most part, me, same thing. And I think you to some extent too. Everybody kind of, like the average person has these stories of seeing women at their worst. 
And so you know oh, yeah. when we're talking about like the the women ain't shit thing. Like you, you're, oh, yeah, I can see that. It's a, little, it's a little harsher than I've been exposed to, but you know, I can see somebody pulling that. Hmm. I mean, the thing is, like, you can be as pretty as you want. I mean, <laughs> if you don't have game, girls will cheat on you, or they'll leave you, they'll burn your house down, they'll stab you, <laughs> things like that, <laughs> and. You need to experience that. You need to experience the dark side of hypergamy, as I like to call it. Like yeah. the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon. If we ever start a band, we're just going to call it Dark Side of Hypergamy or something like that. How alt-rock well, of you. <laughs> I know. But guys who haven't had that, they don't know what they're talking about. Because it all boils down back to the whole uh, going feral on you. Mm. Doesn't mean they will. It does mean they can. Yeah. And once you understand it, once you're past that anger phase too, you kind of, not to say you condone it, but you understand and you could kind of see where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Like if you're dropping in value and a girl's lizard brain is screaming at her to go find Chad and ditch this loser, like you kind of get it. Mm -hmm. Like my ex went back to her ex who cheated on her three times with three different women. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what more do you want? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't blame her. She goes. She knows this guy gets gets laid at least, and he's not overly invested in her, so yeah. he doesn't want her, and he's got other options. He must be the best thing for me right now, and that's how the lizard brain reacts to these things. Yeah, weird thing was, he did want her back. Like, he started texting her again, like, I miss you, and I want you back, and, well, worked out for him. Oh, yeah, well, he sounds like he's a natural, and that's what I mean by naturals have no game. He was in a band. <laughs> oh, a he natural with the talent. He was Rolo 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Mike, the guy I used to wing with every time I went out, he was a natural for the most part. And that was the thing I held on to for the longest time was that, yeah, he may be able to get more girls than me and he maybe is a natural, but I can keep it together because he always, he always had a very simple roadmap when it came to women. This is something a natural's that you never really hear them say, but he would date a girl or he would sleep with a girl. And his whole goal was to get her hooked on him so much that when he dumped on her, she would cry. And then he would repeat, repeat that cycle every weekend, repeat that cycle, get her hooked on him, dump her, make her cry, feel good about himself, go back out. And he could do it really well too. Until he plated a friend of mine who biggest ball buster I've ever known. Rhea, awesome chick. But she basically just wanted to have him in the sex-only box. And so she didn't play his game. And then he did exactly like that. He started calling and saying, I want you back. He cried in front of her, all this stuff. Oh. Another reason why you can't listen to a natural and the way they tell stories is because they don't know how to deal with any adversity. Like, their first reaction is to blow up, have a narcissistic injury, and then have narcissistic rage. Like, people think it's always unattractive men that are hitting their women around. No, it's just narcissistic, ego-invested men who are being told their story doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, because they they've never they've never been met with adversity. Yeah. Even football guys, you see that all the time. Those football guys who have been perfect pro stars their entire life, but then they get drafted into the NFL and then six months later, when they find guys who are really pros putting them in their place and they just don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where the wheat is separated from the chaff, right? Yeah. 
like what we were talking about, like TFM. Like, I had a girl who was uglier than me and she even dumped me. Yeah, okay, shit happens. Where do you go from there? You either start fucking dolls or you're gonna read Rouge. <laughs> I guess he picked the dogs. <laughs> But that's the thing, too, and that's the framing of it. When people talk about frame, they forget that it, it's talking about framing a narrative, like a mental narrative for your own mental models. His narrative was, this girl was uglier than me, and she still cheated, therefore the game is rigged. Meanwhile, a healthier mental model or a way to frame it would be, I just lost this ugly chick. I can free myself up for a girl that's not as ugly. <laughs> like, there's a positive yeah. way to spin these things in your own mind. Because it's social scientists there's no reality to it it's not like if you get this wrong and you get her motivations wrong that you're going to starve to death it's just not going to happen hmm. so really the only thing you can do is you frame it in a way that gives you the best tools to move forward from it red pill is a great example for that we'll use tfm again so ugly chick dumped him cheated on him great turns out that ugly chicks can't be trusted so why am i even going after them he starts talking to prettier girls and maybe they treat him the same, but he's like, you know what? At least my turn was with a with a girl that weighed less than me for once. But you see what I mean there? It's the exact same scenario. It can be every woman you've ever dated is cheating on you, and you can either put it in a positive framing or, or useful framing or a non-useful framing. And storytelling is more than just game. I find that the way we sell ourselves on the story, the way we run game on ourselves makes a huge difference. It's like you said, you said the same thing, right, early on. The best drug I know is failure. Yeah. Like, think about somebody else who's willing to go out and approach 100 different girls and get shot down 99 times and come out of that. And that's the way you framed it is how a guy can come out of that with a more positive experience, knowing this is my 80s montage video right now, getting shot down 99 times. And then finally, the chick with the Pokemon cards, I'm in there. <laughs> Rocky, had, Rocky had a montage. That's I true. <laughs> Eat raw eggs your way to masculinity, guys. No, no, no. Ra Rambo, <laughs> Rambo, which one? Five or six is coming out soon. What? I hope... Yes. Man, Rambo 3, I still think, is the is peak action movie. It really is. It hits all the beats perfectly. It's the most... It's a thing of art. It, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> it's got everything. Yeah, the reluctant hero, the noble savage, the has to fight the amazing, like the pinnacle of America versus the pinnacle of Russia. It, it's the mono, monolith, or the was it the monolith story? What they got? The hero's journey. Yeah, it's the hero's journey with a bow that shoots explosives, and it's got like Commando is great, Terminator's great, all these things are great, but Rambo Three really hit it. They even add just the right amount of quippy one-liners and buddy cop between him and the gen and his uh, and his general mm -hmm. to give it that like lethal weapon vibe to it. But they did it much better, and I was really sad that that not the new Rambo one they called Rambo, but four or five, whatever one it was, where they didn't delve into him going back to Afghanistan and having to fight those Mujahideen, the Al Qaeda that he worked with in the last one. Yeah. I thought that'd have been cool. Instead, they took him to what, like Southeast Asia, and had him shoot a bunch of uh, Vietnamese guys, helping out churchgoers and things like that. Because that story would have been great. Like Rambo has to face his past. Like yeah, build up Al Qaeda, and now Al Qaeda is trying to shoot us up. So fix your own mess, Rambo. Yeah, which is the whole theme of the entire series of Rambo. Him coming to deal with his past. That was the first one, the PTSD of war. 
Second one uh, doesn't really count. He just had to go do a mission, and then the government cut him down, so he had to go get revenge. But the third one's, yeah, coming back to his past. I think they really did miss an opportunity right there, but I do hope they go back to normal, like, real squibs and that Afghanistan narrative with the Rambo with the new one. I really do. Nice. I'll watch the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I we were, we were joking that uh, they're going to baby oil me up, and I'm going to walk in with a tank top and a bandana and a Nerf gun. And, then, <laughs> and as soon as the movie is over, and then the girl comes up like... Uh, People, the movie is over. I'll just scream, nothing is over. <laughs> Jack Napier crying in the corner of the movie theater, talking about how he had to hold the guy's guts in. <laughs> oh, that will go viral. Yeah, I don't, actually, this is kind of fun. I've been, it was something I never thought about till I was chatting to you about this this whole thing about storytelling. There's so many little stories that we tell ourselves and that we tell other people and really getting good at it is an underappreciated and underutilized skill. Hmm. Which, But it also could be so bad. It's that double-edged sword. Like I said, the same rah-rah, knuckle push-ups in the shower, burpees your way on off a of frame, burpees and all that crap. That's, a, that's another story guys use. And I find that's the exact same coping mechanism as the uh as the sex doll types with the repeal of the 19th mm -hmm. the only difference is it's a more optimistic pessimism if that makes sense mm, like a, 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 a better way of dealing with it yeah but not you good kind of like... yeah like it's it's uh the lesser of two evils kind of ah, like that true better than a doll not as good as the real thing. Because, <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember I've been ragging on these fake symbols of masculinity. Or faux symbols of masculinity. Let's be French on it. Fuck it. Yeah, the knuckle push-ups in the shower. Bacon-scented beard oil. Granted, I got tactical soap behind me, but I always kind of give a tongue-in-cheek nod to the pheromones. I'm like, yeah, pheromones are the one thing you need to get laid, and that's all you're missing. Then go for it. For me, I just like not smelling like Irish spring. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, but to be honest, I've got the tactical soup as well. I just like the smell of it and the fact that it doesn't have parabens. And I've been hitting upon this for months now. Oh, is that the little plastic exfoliating microbead thing that's killing the groundwater? Or... Yeah, well, par yeah, kind of like that. Parabens is the molecule they put in most skincare for men as well that lowers testosterone and uh, increases estrogen. And that lovely stuff over there doesn't have it and jack black skincare doesn't have it either oh so, there's your product placement fair enough actually my wife was showing me the jack black stuff she was talking about it she got up this great story about influencers here's like a little meta one for you um so she's a huge sephora fan because she's a girl and she goes you know what you should do you should start doing uh find like a man's brand or something like that and i'm like oh the bacon scented beard oil i don't know if i can do that and that's when she introduced me to Jack Black. She goes, here. And I guess in her work, she managed to meet with one of the heads of marketing for Sephora. And she goes, yeah. Or L'Oreal. Some some skin female company thing there. Ooh, geez. And he's like, yeah, they don't look at people unless they have at least 10,000 followers. I'm like, yeah, I got 10,000 followers. Should I start selling makeup? Doing makeup tutorials? Uh, here, one's sick. I realized my outlet's kind of messed up there. Went back to dark mode. 
But now that I know that they actually have, they don't have that micro beating on there because I was kind of aware of this when Canada finally banned BPAs, those mm-hmm. estrogen in, or fake estrogen plastics that kind of leach it into you. Mm-hmm. They basically turned the they turned the nerds gay. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, we're gonna use that one. That's our Alex Jones phrase. They're turning the freaking nerds gay. <laughs> Well, it matters. I, I couldn't believe it. And I know it's, and it's, that's why it's so bad in the States. Like you probably don't see it as much in Europe and I don't see it as much in Canada, but full grown men having testosterone counts of 200 nanoliters per decaliter. It's no, 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 no. We have it here as well. We oh. have it here as well. Yeah. See, I always thought Europe had such stringent controls for these kind of things that you didn't have as much toxicity in the food supply or the uh containers in that but i guess no 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 the the thing with us is like uh the birth control pill the estrogen in that can't be filtered out in our water system we have that too yeah which is funny because not once it's no point have somebody decided that maybe we need to filter that and i get it's not going to be cheap but at the same time giving pregnazone to a bunch of kids drinking tap water can't be the best thing either Mm mm-hmm no, but we got the the low testosterone guys here. It's insane. Mm-hmm. How are you guys, guys for? How are you guys for like wellness clinics and that? Like we have to go off the grid here. I don't know if I've told my experience of trying to get it, just trying to get a blood test here through the Canadian medical yeah. system was just berating me for it. Like your doctor looks at your uh, wife first, right? Like yeah. Oh, I was so annoyed on that. It's like, no, I'm, you're not looking, I'm not the happy wife, happy life guy. You're looking the wrong place, lady. Yeah. But do you guys have a similar have thing one, there? Or? We have one clinic. And I remember in my personal training education um, that there was, we had a, uh, we had a, uh, a workshop and cameras mm-hmm. were turned off. And they were like, okay, this is how you get testosterone from a doctor because they don't like giving it. <laughs> It's bad here as well. It's like, ooh, testosterone. Hmm, hmm. No, that's not a good thing, uh, young man. So they gave us a list on uh, all the symptoms and for you to get tested on it even before they give it to you. It's pretty insane. Hmm. Or you walk up to the most jacked guy in the bar and you're like, okay, where do you get your stuff from? And then you get his his dealer list. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, it's a thing. And it... That's my point on it, too. Like, if I'm going to do this, I want somebody who knows more than me. Because I can do that route where you just experiment and try things out. But I guarantee I'll make mistakes. And I kind of don't want to screw around with hormones like that if I go that route. Mm. Like, God bless, now I haven't. But as I get older, it's probably going to it's gonna come up at some point, And I'm definitely going to go on that route. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, that's one thing I always told myself. Like, when I turn 40, something like that, mm-hmm. or I'm... I, I do want to do testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. Just, you know, you need it as a man. You need to function, things like that. And most, seriously, most 30-year-old guys around here look 40. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bitch tits and, and uh, muffin tops everywhere. Oh, my God. You wouldn't believe. I see it all the time here where I see a girl that's got fairly broad shoulders, a little bit of a butch walk to her with her, like, pudgy, doughboy, pseudo-feminine guy with them i'm like what in the hell kind of reversal is that that is so weird but and then you got me thinking here sorry another topic you got me thinking the way we talked about getting your blood test done or trt if you need to 
-hmm. Doesn't that sound awful familiar to the reality of what women describe abortion, trying to get abortions are like? Which isn't true. It's unless you live in like downtown Alabama, it's free, it's cheap, it's easy, you can get it anywhere. But the way they describe it sounds an awful lot like what guys experience when they try to get any type of TRT education, let alone actual treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing to do with nothing. I found it kind of funny. Girls complain about the thing, guys experience the thing, and then we're at where we're at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Res- respect women, guys, okay? Yeah, respect the women. <laughs> I love that term. I just love, I love how PewDiePie was the one who coined that. Was he the one that first started it? That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, it's perfect because it's got just the right amount of amuse mastery in there. <laughs> hey, do you think he hangs around in this sphere? Like, lurking? I mean, he, he has some phrases where I'm like, hey, a minute. You need to know certain things. Yeah, well, I know he's work. well read. I bet you, I don't think he's in this sphere. I think the sphere has bled out enough to where it entered into his space. <laughs> I think that's so what it cool. is. Oh, it's awesome. I like seeing it. Like, didn't you tweet out, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Rolo Tomasi? Yeah, that's tongue-in-cheek. That's that's up there with, like, calling the, the show Rolo and Friends or bringing up the yeah, cancer yeah, on his toque or my shirts. But you, like, you added uh, PewDiePie as well, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he won't check it out. I know he won't check. He's on his honeymooner anyways. Yeah. Oh, those were good pictures, by the way. What, his honeymoon? No, bro. Yeah. No, the, the, the wedding pictures. Oh yeah, I've only seen just what you guys show in the sphere there. I kind of, I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to <laughs> see my stuff, so I didn't even want to look at other people's. But the body language stuff—is that what you're talking about? Him versus yeah. the Rock? Oh yeah, like suck at the Rock. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, I kind of enjoy it. I like that stuff where they talk about the not leaning in and that. I already know that pictures. You can kind of get a picture to mean what you want it to mean. But as a mental model, I think it's useful. So. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't take him too seriously. The Rock right. had game. I remember seeing him in his prime. Even though he's leaning in on that soccer mom, but whatever. Yeah. It's like, Jason Momoa like, got married to his mom as well. I'm like, you can have everything you want. Yeah, and he wanted that. Oh, Chris Helmsworth, same thing, isn't it? Older girl. Really? I think so. Like, like Thor? But no. then his brother was dating Miley. And here's the thing. Here's why I don't like the gossip stuff. I I like it if there's a lesson we can learn from it, the pro-Jared thing. Uh. But if we just start gossiping it, can you believe what Chris is doing? And can you believe what Jason Momoa did? And then it turns, it's no longer a focused on what's the value add for me. It's focused uh. on us talking about people. No, his wife, Chris Hemsworth's wife is pretty up. By the way, sorry, Ryan, for turning your channel into a gossip one. Oh, uh, whichever. If we can keep it on like value for the audience, I think it's good. In this case... Like, bringing up TFM, there was a very solid point. We're not mocking TFM for being TFM or... Well, Anthony a little bit, but... And even, like, when I bring up Ajax or uh, Cortez there, it's not to to degrade him as a person. He's got wonderful talents, wonderful skills, but it... It's to illustrate a point. This is why naturals are never going to be as good as not naturals, even though they're better. And they're never going to learn because they don't have to. I mean, and the same thing with Troy Francis. I really like his book, How to Be an Asshole. Really loved it because he, he points that, that out that, uh, once again, never mind, the, the whole have a type, have a look mm. thing. And right. he, really, he really expands on that. But Troy is not an ugly guy, do not get me wrong. But he's not the best looking guy either, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's, he's certainly not bad looking. But 
And a lot of these guys in the in the whole day game sphere, they're not the greatest looking guys. They're not Hugh Jackman or Chris Hemsworth, but they pull like mad. Like the whole looks is everything argument just, just fades away. Pretty much, although that, and that's the thing. Then you get the RSD side where it's just our the is game the only thing that matters, and you're like, ah. <laughs> And you're like, no, I wouldn't mind looking somewhat attractive. But that's what I like when I had you and Dre on, or you and uh, Drew on, mm-hmm. is that you guys kind of hit both sides of the coin, and you kind of show that, yeah, fitness is great, but not to the extreme. And you're like, yeah, game is great, but not to that extreme either, to where you avoid everything else but game. Yeah, I mean, you can have all the game in the world, but if you smell like shit, she still doesn't want to do anything to do with you. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, what's a good nerd reference I can use? Maybe some, like, Dungeons & Dragons character selection? You can have you can have 18 strength and 6 wisdom, or six charisma, or 18 charisma and 6 strength. Or you can just have 14s in both and be just fine. Yeah. I, think, I think I nailed that one. <laughs> that was a little forced. <laughs> oh, by the way, look at the chat. Rolo is suggesting something. I uh, oh. did it in a private chat as well. Let's have Jack on RZ today. Of course. Well, I mean, that's up to you, of course. I'd love to. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> like how you, <laughs> Ryan, you got to pay attention to this. This is vitally important. I'm like, oh really? What about the sexual marketplace? And it's like, oh, <laughs> want to talk with you for another couple hours? Yeah, I guess right. speaking of which, we got 15 more minutes anyways here. So. Oh uh, yeah. Like Ryan just chugging his drink. <laughs> Should I get D&D. drunk? Should I get drunk for Rule Zero? <laughs> if you want, like I said, I'm on the cut. I I had a couple drinks last night and. It is amazing. I haven't drank in like three months, and I had three glass, two glasses of wine and a cider. Yeah. And I was like, "Holy crap! This stuff hits me hard." Yeah, but I mean, I only need one drink to get drunk anyway. So, yeah, well, that's what I'm getting at now. Which I guess it's cheaper anyway, so that's not a bad thing. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I just love Jack and Cokes. <laughs> really? It's such a nice. Yeah, it's 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 the greatest drink to have. You have the soda and the alcohol. What more do you want? And it is named after one of the greatest men ever alive, Lemmy. <laughs> yeah, like most bars where they where they serve Jack and Cokes, it's called the Lemmy. I did not know that. But then again, I've always been a gin and tonic fan. But that's ninety kids. Nineties kids will remember back when the bars all had black lights, and mm-hmm. gin and tonics were the ones that glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. So everybody had to have their glowy drink. <laughs> I was never into the glowy drinks. I don't know why. I mean, and these are because you're into words. Pokemon cards, you fucking nerd. <laughs> At least they didn't turn me gay. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. <laughs> no, but I mean, like your words, not mine. You were the metrosexual one, right? Damn straight. Right? Yeah, with the <laughs> the contacts and everything. The contacts, the earrings, the uh, hair oh, straightener. God. I still have the yeah, hair straightener. I, I always got kind of turned, of course it turned me off because I'm not gay, but I was always like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the overly, now that I know the terms, the overly peacocking and things like that. I'm like, <laughs> nope. Like, and the cheap drinks, they, t- they tasted way too sweet. Like I had, I had issues to drink away, which colored drinks weren't strong enough to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I could drink. I would drink vodka on ice. That was my drink at the bar. And then occasionally I would just drink it neat, and people would think I'm having a glass of water. And I'm like, no, it's a straight vodka. That was my little parlor trick back then, to drink I, like I, a Russian. 
they they pulled a great trick with um, the guitar player whose girlfriend I uh, I banged once. Or was it was it their singer? No, their singer. They were like he was like, oh, I'm thirsty and blah blah blah. Here, have some apple juice, straight up scotch. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the glass was like half full. He's like, yeah, here's some apple juice, and he chugged it in one sip. His, his throat was on fire. And we Fair enough. We couldn't stop laughing. We thrashed his entire house. Of course you did. All right, quick segue here to C Palms. Thanks for the $5 super chat. Here's a question. How to work hard in my career, give 110% to move up, but not get taken advantage of? Um, I'll start on this one. Jack, you can finish it off. First off, putting 100%, 110% in is not going to get you promoted. I don't know what your career is, but if you're the best at your job, you're going to be indispensable at your job. Best advice I ever got was do the job of your boss. So that way you can replace your boss. And then aside from that, that extra work you're doing is not going to get rewarded. That's just going to be treated as the norm. So work just hard enough to build the skills you need. And then you're going to have to move on to move up. Mm-hmm. So for example, we'll say... Let's use uh, just a standard business analyst. Let's say you're a business analyst, lowest of the totem pole. Next step up would be a manager. And so you see the skills that managers need. In that case, they have to do a little more work with budgeting. They have to be that final stop. So you have to get good at doing RFPs, uh, governance documentation, that sort of thing. So as an analyst, you would work on building those skills. And then as soon as you have them start applying to place other places as the manager position, showing you have this analyst skill set here and it's a step up, but you've already done eight of the nine competencies that you need. So it shows them they can at least keep you for like a year or two because you have some growth left, but you don't, uh, but you aren't completely clueless in this position. And then you move out, you move up and that's how you'd get it. Um, I would say, though, have an end goal in mind because guys who just want to climb the corporate ladder and picture themselves as CEO one day, I think that's an unrealistic goal. You really have to point, like, how far up that food chain do you want to go and how much do you want to sacrifice? Because the last CEO CEO I worked for, I used to work for Goldman Sachs. And I remember he basically took this job at uh, in Canada here because his wife gave him the choice. It's like, you can either have your family or we're going to leave and you can stick with your job there. So he'd actually started to take turns back because he made those decisions. So maybe you're the guy that actually wants a family. And for you, being a director is perfectly fine for you. One of those phoning it in the job kind of directors. So you make that your goal and then just work backwards from the end goal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do not fall for that meritocracy of you work hard and get rewarded with promotions because that does not exist. We're, we're closer to a cottage industry right now as opposed to that classic 1950s work thing there. But I guess Jack, you're still in the you're still in the corporate. What's your take on this? Uh, to be very honest, to me personally, and this is a this is a personal thing. I don't know your situation. I need a hell of a lot more information on all of this. Yeah. Oh, he's going to the bottom. Out. By the way, he is in nursing. So. Oh, nursing. Hmm. To me, it's not worth it. It is not worth it to lick somebody's ass to get a bigger paycheck. I'd hmm. rather just show up, do my work, get my paycheck, get out ASAP and do whatever I want to do. Now, if this thing truly is what you want to do, okay, good, go for it. But you want to learn the rules of the game. Like Ryan stated, work hard, 
play hard doesn't work. You need to have this one as well. Office politics. Like, it's about who favors you the most. It sounds fucked up, sorry, but it is. Like, if your CEO likes you, you better make sure his secretary likes you, and you better make sure his best friend likes you. And that way, when you lick the right asses, you can go to the top. You don't even need to work hard. 48 laws of power. Like, let others do the work for you, but always take the credit. You need to learn how to, what's it called again, micromanage. Like, when you need to do some, some shitty thing, let somebody else do it so you have more time to suck up. Oh, yeah, if you can delegate. I wouldn't even say suck up. You're just... That's the word, delegate. Yeah, you got to build a camaraderie. Like, this is something from the military I remembered, is that when something I figured out, once you're at that master seaman level, you're the top of the food chain in the junior ranks mess. The next, the next promotion moves you into a different mess. And what the, the chiefs and petty officers will have is they call them bun fights, where they literally go in there and they talk about which one of the guys they like best, and then the ship will give them a ranking. And that gives you extra evaluation points, which matters towards your merit list and gets you promoted. And not once in these bun fights does your work performance come into play. It's always, could I sit with this guy in the mess and have a drink with him? And if they can't stand you and they don't consider you a peer, you're not going to get promoted, regardless of how much effort you put in. And I... I have two sisters and a mom that's in nursing. So I know they play it pretty much the same. If you want to get better at case management, start building the skill sets for case management and do just enough in your current job specs to not get fired. Nobody's going to care about your grade. You can be a C-level nurse with awesome case management skills and you'll still be fine. I mean, I know there's going to be a certification involved, so make sure you get all the certs. That's an easy decision right there because... That, let, that gets you past that first HR barrier where if you don't have these certs, we don't even want to consider you. There's too many people applying anyway. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, like you said, and you say it's kissing ass, but it's just networking. Fit is hugely important. Everybody who's worked with somebody for any length of time will tell you how miserable it is to work with a competent person that you cannot stand. They would much rather have a barely competent person that's really easy to work with. So, yeah, kissing ass, I think it's the wrong way to frame it. You just got to be likable. And that's the same thing. You're running game, telling stories the same way you're doing it at work. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, yeah, between the two of us, I think we got an answer here that can help you work. Um, as far as that one guy in the chat, where is it, Adam? Where he says, work for yourself. You're never an alpha being somebody's bitch. First off, no man is an alpha. Alpha's behaviors. Nope. It's not an archetype. Secondly, most people are not going to work for themselves. And even if you do work for yourselves, you're still working for somebody else. You're working for the customer. So you always have a master. You just got to pick which one you can live with and which one offers you the best bang for your buck. And in this case, for nursing, I can't see there being much opportunity for an entrepreneur nurse. But if you figure out a way, feel free to take at her. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole... It's the whole no true Scotsman fallacy all over again. Oh, yeah. I mean, a real alpha wouldn't do this. A real alpha wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, it's about what you want. Yeah. Alpha is a mindset, not a demographic. I mean, the whole Corey Worthington thing. I mean, he's oh, yeah. tatted up as fuck right now. And he married and he's married and blah, blah, blah. A lot of guys would say everybody who gets married is not an alpha. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. To me, I don't like tattoos up to here. But who am I? To, 
Now, who am I to say, like, a guy who has tattoos up to here isn't an alpha? Who am I to say that? I didn't create the word. But the thing is, why I would consider him an alpha is because he does whatever he wants. At yeah. least that's what he expresses. Like, I don't see a guy with tattoos up to here being told that he needs to do that. Unless it's on gunpoint, of course. Oh, yeah. Get this tattoo or else. I'm sure ISIS videos getting guys tatted is everywhere. Yeah. But that's why I don't like the way it's framed. Like, he is an alpha. That's like saying he is an hungry. It's just, it, the, the phrase doesn't make sense the way it's formulated there. Um, best way I've tried to explain people, when you think of alpha, think of a Texas sharpshooter. People were shooting the wall with all kinds of things. All right, I did this, a girl slept with me. I did this, a girl slept with me. I did this, a girl slept with me. You eventually get these two broad categories of this is the thing that had a girl wet and had her sleep with me. And these things here are what got me into a relationship. And you just draw a circle around one and you call it alpha. And you draw a circle around the other, you call it beta. And then all the things over there that got you slapped and me too accusations, you draw a circle around that and you call it omega. Unattractive behaviors. So that's all it is. Yeah, and it's a total narcissistic fantasy if you call yourself an alpha. Like alpha is a one, there's one type of way to be an alpha. Which, and the word itself kind of lends to that illusion because alpha means initial, like the first. Every time you see it used in anything, it always is about the first or the top of whatever it describes. Alpha waves, alpha in the phonetic alphabet, it's always the first, the top. I am the alpha and the omega. So people take that same mindset of this clearly has to be better as opposed to just a differentiated. Like it would have almost been nicer if we came up with terms that didn't have that innate hierarchy in them. Because alpha and beta aren't at odds with each other. They're just two different skill sets for two different aims. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to have like a, a long lasting marriage, there's a lot of beta behaviors that'll do far better than alpha behaviors. You may not get laid, but you'll have a long lasting relationship. Mm. So then when you just tell people to be more alpha, no, alpha is a specific goal is to get your dick wet. Hands down, that's the end goal of it. Doesn't matter what you say. None of this leader of men crap. You're going to be a leader of men. Well, the purpose of that is so that you're the leader of men. And you get to pick the best woman out of the bunch. It all comes back to sex at the end. Like sex and violence, right? Yeah. Well, it's the only two things that we can do that can't be taken from us. Girls aren't able to have sex with girls. They just don't have the parts for it. And girls don't have their propensity to violence the same way we do. But on that note, we're coming on short on time here. Uh, Jack, lead us out of here. Tell everybody how to get to you guys. Guys, get them up to 1,000 subscribers. Uh, yeah, here, take this super chat and then uh, tell everybody how to find you, where to get you. Okay, the super chat. Uh, I put it in GC. the thing here. Yeah, five bucks from JC. Thanks for calling out these goofballs who walk around thinking and talking about how alpha they are. Just follow your own path. Yeah. Be mental point of origin, and I've had guys at parties discussing. So they had a a seriously a serious philosophical discussion about how alpha they were and how the <laughs> and as soon as their girlfriend showed up and was like, "We're gonna do this, okay, honey?" Fuck off. <laughs> Those guys were larpers all the way, all the way, all the day. Like, okay, uh, let me check, let me check, let me check. Get back to the chat, come on. Because I can't, uh, I can't do it via StreamYards and I just click this away. Here we go, here I am. There, come on, load. Yeah, my link to my channel is in the chat. 
So please subscribe to that. I need to get to a thousand to do more fun stuff with it. You can follow me on Twitter as well, Jack Napier 368. I'm going to put out the link to that as well. And you can support my channel via Patreon forward slash Jack Napier 368 as well. And that will all be on my Twitter. I also narrated the audiobooks for Gendernomics. Last link, Ryan. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, keep going. You can buy the audiobooks of Gendernomics here on Gumroad. Had a lot of fun doing those, and I hope to do more narration in the future. And maybe one day I will be the Metatron of the Manosphere. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, everybody. So in a half an hour, we got Rule Zero, Rolo Tomasi and Friends, Cancer Edition. Jack's going to be on. It's on this channel. Turns out this hurricane has really thrown our rotation out for a loop. So we'll see you guys at 1130. Peace.